Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm not drunken host. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's my birthday. I'm allowed to be a little bit drunk. And uh, after watching this past week in tech sports, I think we're all allowed to be a, a little bit drunk because there were some good highs and some really low lows this past week. Yeah. Gosh, we just have a lot to talk about. I don't even know what to say to that. But yes, we, you're absolutely right. We suck. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But yeah, we have the women's basketball tournament. We have the men's basketball tournament. Tech just played the number one team in America in college baseball. And then we have some stuff to preview on the baseball side as well so i guess we need to jump right into it let's start with the women's side because they started first in frisco with their first matchup and the what was called the first round of the tournament against marshall how did that game go yeah i mean it was uh it was a pretty good game the whole way really it was back and forth um i think in the second quarter marshall only scored four points and tech only scored seven so it was very much like a who wants to score? Oh no, we don't want to. You you don't want to? Okay, cool. We'll just you know we'll, we'll just keep this low scoring. But then the Texters came out of halftime and really dominated the third quarter. They outscored Marshall seventeen to eight in the third quarter. Uh, but really, it came down to a crazy shot by Kiana Walker. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, she's like driving the lane with nine seconds left or something like that as she enters the lane she's she's gonna go up for an uncontested layup so somebody grabs her and like yanks her back basically just to foul her to you know to let her go to the line to shoot two but um tech is down one at this point so she just throws up a desperation shot and it goes in basically that shot goes in to give tech the lead 49 to 48 with five seconds left and then walker goes to the line for the and one opportunity uh she misses the shot but Anilar Roberson, who actually had a great game against Marshall, got the offensive rebound and got the clock down to about two seconds before she got fouled. So um, that was huge because if she didn't grab that, a, a, a two-pointer for Marshall on the other end would have won them the game um, at the buzzer. So uh, Roberson hits her one of her two free throws, and then the game ended on a, a desperation shot by Marshall from about you know, half quarter, three quarter court. So tech holds on to win 50 to 48 in that one. Yeah, this is one of my favorite games to look at the win probability chart of because ESPN has those, even though Ken Palm doesn't do the women's basketball sports uh, with one minute left. Marshall calls a timeout. They have an 87% chance to win this game with a minute left or really 56 seconds with the Anilar Roberson layup with 38 seconds. They still have a 77.4% chance to win this game. Razel Ginto gets the steal. Their win probability is still 66% with 13 seconds left. They have a two in three chance of winning this game with 13 seconds left. Then we have that crazy Keanu Walker and one opportunity where she slaps the floor, which that's just replaying in my head right now. And Tech wins this game. It just, the probability chart goes from a, this comfortable Marshall win to just spiking into the ground towards the La Tech <laughs> side of it. And it's amazing to be on this side of it because we've both in Texters and Bulldogs and other sports, we've been on the other side of this. Yeah, I think the craziest thing about this game to me was that only three Texters scored points in this game. I didn't um, even realize that until the next game. Yeah, all season we talked about the Texters not having depth and not having, you know, and and having off nights and all that. And yeah, it all showed up, but somehow we still won the game. So it was like, wow. 
what's going to happen in the next round when we play MTSU, the best team in the conference. So, Especially uh, looking at those field goal percentage numbers, you don't want a lot of games where you go one for 16 from three. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Awful game for the Texters, but they won. So I guess it was a great game. Yeah, that's all that matters, I guess. You get to move on to the next round, on to the quarterfinals. And now the Texters and Bulldogs are playing on the same day, but the Texters go first. They face Middle Tennessee. My birthday. Today is Nathan's birthday, but this was my birthday, Thursday. Yeah, you used your birthday wish on the men's game. and I did. Yeah, to, apparently not on the women's game because the Lady Texters fall <laughs> and are eliminated from the tournament 77-71 to 71 against one of the better teams. I was kind of surprised of how close it was yeah. near the end. It, it, the Texters were not going away without a fight even when things kind of looked lost. I mean, win probability was over 90% for the entire fourth quarter, really. And what was it? Still... When we took, so we took the lead at the end of the third and, and really first half in the third quarter were pretty close, closely uh, contested for both teams. So I was pleasantly surprised by that because I had no idea, you know, how, how we would stack up against this team that was the number one overall seed, I believe, in the conference. So, And you're right. When when the fourth quarter first starts, Tech is actually favored to win by win probability about 55-52%. Wow. Yeah. But by seven minutes left, even 7.30 left, Middle Tennessee has a 94% chance to win the game. Yeah, they I just mean, they, take they over start, in that three-minute period. Yeah, they started the quarter on a 10-0 run. Uh, Tech couldn't do anything offensively, and MTSU, basically MTSU is one of those teams that has one really, really good player um, in Anastasia Hayes, and I think her twin sister's pretty good too, but actually I don't know if they're twins, so I just know that they're sisters. I anyway, think they're sisters. I think they even said on the broadcast that they're not twins. Okay, well, I apologize to, to the, the Hayes sisters then, but... Um, that other that other woman, their center, she kind of turned it on in the fourth quarter and started stuffing our attempts to get into the lane. We were down 12 points with about five minutes left, and I'm sure the win probability is like 98% MTSU at that point. But then uh, senior point guard Razel Ginto just decided that she didn't want to lose, and she goes off for 17 points in the fourth quarter alone. The Texter scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, just for reference. So, And she scored 22 on the night. Yeah, th that was her career high. Um, so she she went out, you know, she wasn't going down without a fight. Actually pulled within three with 52 seconds left on the clock because she hit, I think, three threes in a row or something like that. Or no, uh, she she hit two and Lot, or Lot Sant or however. I need to learn how to say her name, I guess. But she hit one as well. And that was the only other point scored in the quarter. But Tech actually catches a break when Anastasia Hayes missed her two free throws after Tech fouled her. And so we came down the floor down three points with about 10 seconds left and just couldn't get a shot off. They they kind of fumbled the exchange and um, MTSU's player got credited with, with a steal on the play. And it just, you know, we fouled again and they they were able to hit their free throws this time. So really just kind of a bummer because it was like, man, we might like force overtime in this game. That's crazy. But then we weren't able to get that shot off and they double teamed Ginto. They weren't going to let her take the shot. So, you know, it sucks, but they really, really fought this team and MTSU ends up winning the tournament um, a couple days later. So, yeah, there is one, one important thing here. And that's at six sixteen left in the third quarter. You know, there is a... Uh, That's a technical foul. Brutal. Yeah. It's on Middle Tennessee's coach, and you kind of hope that would be the spark 
to reignite the textures, but you know, it just it just wasn't. Yeah, but a really good game, um, pretty good tournament appearance, considering that they were the lower seed in in both games they played in. So I think right against Marshall they were too, weren't they? I thought they were the four seed to Marshall's five. Okay, but it really felt like they weren't overmatched here. It really felt like this was a game that had enough things gone their way, like they did against Marshall, they might have squeaked out a victory. And that's kind of exactly what happened with the Bulldogs against FAU, where just enough things went right to kind of squeak out a victory because especially what happens early in the game uh, or before the game, really, it's announced, I think over the radio is where I heard it, but it's also announced on TV that Kobe Williams, the starting point guard for the Bulldogs, hurt his hand against Our Lady of the Lake and he would not be able to play in the tournament. Turns out he would come back for the next game. But at this point, it felt like he was gone for the year. And even when he did come back, his whole hand was wrapped up and he wasn't the most effective player. Definitely not as effective as he was beforehand. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, what what can we say? Of course this fucking happens, right? Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like we talked last week about Tech is the best team in the conference. Yeah. You said there's super no high reason Tech should not lose. Or you, you, you said, said no you reason. shouldn't say that because... You're tempting fate. Well, I can give you a reason. Our fucking starting point guard broke his damn finger. There's a reason we should lose the tournament because watching that FAU game, I honestly still have no idea how we won. I mean, Jesus, like how how do we win that game? It was just ugly the whole way. It looked like we were missing our starting point guard, and that's exactly how yeah. it was. It was back and forth the entire way. The only time either team really kind of took over, Tech did with about 10 minutes left in the first half. They went on an 11-0 run to go up 27-18, but even by halftime, it was back to a one-point lead, 37-36. The yeah. second half goes on, and Fort Atlantic even starts to take control. You really think that they're going to win this game with four minutes left. They're up by three, and Tech has a 36% chance to win this game. Things are not looking good for the Bulldogs, and everybody looks winded. Junior Lofton just isn't able to get involved. Oh, man. They, they had a... They had a great plan, and I, I tell you what, like, I don't know if they knew ahead of time that Kobe Williams was going to be out or if they just decided we're going to make Kobe Williams beat us and not let Junior Lofton beat us because they doubled him every single time he touched the ball. They were bringing over the second defender late so that he couldn't even pass the ball out because the defender would be coming into his passing lane. They just completely rendered him useless in the game. He scored, like, five points, I think, or three points. In both of these games, there are times where Junior Lofton kind of goes off for two possessions in a row and then yeah. nothing. And it, it feels like you need to build this rhythm with him where you just you keep getting in the ball, you keep trying, you keep doing things, but then you'll try to do that and turnovers will happen. And he's not well-versed okay. enough on how to get out of those double teams if he's not close enough to the basket to kind of split the defenders and put up a shot. Well, and, and to my other point, I mean... If Kobe Williams was still on the floor, you can't double team Lofton like that because then Kobe Williams will just go into the lane and and score, right? Like it's yeah. But we have a point guard. We just like yeah. Xavier Armstead and and Archibald are not good point guards. Yeah. You know? Archibald is a shooter, right? Like Xavier Armstead, especially, he's a three point threat. He's not a, him being the point is never <laughs> expected. That is a worst case scenario. Break glass if everything's on fire kind of moment if he's playing the one he's there to shoot three pointers kobe's your driving threat he's the person you can't double up lofton because if you double him up then kobe will drive to the bucket 
Right. And they, if they're both on the court together, that works really well. And if Kobe's not out there, or if he's out there, like we'll see against North Texas and not able to do much of anything other than give other guys a break, then it, it's not going to be a good time. Kobe. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Yeah. And again, this game, it feels lucky that we even move on to the next round because like I mentioned, Tech or Florida Atlantic went up 367-64 with just about four minutes left. Tech ends up winning, uh, was at 75-69. to So Florida Atlantic nice. only scores one more bucket in the last four minutes, and Tech does only misses one more, I believe, Gosh, of his next few minutes. So it's, it's clutch to close out the game. It kind of felt like Tech got lucky to win this one because without... It definitely felt like that. And, and I mean, I know that I came out of this game feeling like... or. I came out of the maybe first five minutes of this game thinking, wow, there's no way in hell we can win this tournament without Kobe Williams. Like there, it's just not going to happen. You know? Yeah. That's, it, that's yeah. how I felt too. What was that, Matt? I was merely going to say that I felt like that before every tech game that's ever been played in any sport. <laughs> the, the eternal optimist, Matt Gallion. Indeed. This game, it felt like we were lucky to win it. And even kind of going by the whole win probability thing, the fact that we were able to pull this off when we were struggling back and forth and missing our best player. But the Bulldogs are able to escape with a win. They move on to play North Texas, a team that we played twice in Denton and split. No, in Ruston. No. No, in Denton. In Denton. Marshall (laughs) is the team we split in Ruston. They both are green. You can see how I make that kind of mistake. But yeah, the Bulldogs end up losing this game. It's they lose by six, which again, missing our starting point guard kind of feels lucky to only be losing by six. Yeah, and, and but, I mean, this was a surprising, to me, this was a surprisingly defensive game. I know that it kind of has been when we played them the last few years, but Kobe Williams is the is the heart of our defense, right? I mean, he's, he's the leader of the defensive effort, and we still held them to 54 points, and this is a, this is a potent offense, you know, so. Yeah, this felt like the, the Texter's first game. It's just... <laughs> This game sucked, to be honest. Like, I, I don't. I think at one point the announcer said something along the lines of, "Oh, this is a fun one if you're a fan of these two teams." It's like, are you fucking kidding me? This game sucks. I hate it. Neither team really felt in control, but you also knew that Tech felt like it had one hand tied behind its back, yeah. or in Kobe's case, tied in front of him, but wrapped up so much so that it, you can only <laughs> dribble with one hand. Jesus. Really, the big difference here is it was back and forth the entire time, except for a stretch early in the second half. It goes from a 26-26 game to a 34-26 game, a 10-0 run by North Texas, where with about 16 minutes left, North Texas has that lead, and they never really give it up. If you take out that two-minute stretch there, it feels like this game may be the Bulldogs to walk away from. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, North Texas pretty much led by... I'd probably average it out at like six points for the rest of the game. Tech pulled within three a couple times. Just neither team wanted to make shots for a while. North Texas takes a seven-point lead with about two minutes left. Pemberton was able to to get into the lane and get fouled. So he brings that within five. And then um, Tech fouls J.J. Murray for North Texas, who makes one of two free throws. And then Pemberton misses a layup, but Crawford got a putback dunk on it to bring it within four with about 45 seconds left. And it kind of felt like at this point, you know, we're in that late game where you have to foul because you're down four, but that's not exactly what happened, right? Yeah, Xavier Christian gets the steal. Yeah, Tech set up a really good uh, press on the on the inbound, and 
I think was it a was it a jump ball? Do they consider that a steal? It's all running together because we played so yeah. many games. What, yeah. the, what the box score says is that Xavier Christian gets the steal. Tech is down by four. 38 seconds left. This is not out of question for the Bulldogs to steal this one too. But Ledoux misses the jumper. North Texas puts together a couple foul shots after Ledoux fouls. After those two foul shots, it's a six-point game. North Texas leading by six. But Jacoby Patterson on the fast break puts together a three-point shot. That's good. Tech is down by three. It's a one-possession game with 28 seconds left. The game's not over. It felt like it was over a long time ago, really. Yeah, yeah. But it's not over. Uh, Ledoux gets a quick foul after North Texas is able to kind of break that uh, full-court defense. Only one of two made field, uh, free throws by Thomas Bell. So, so still kind of in it. Four-point four lead. Yeah. Yeah. Amore Archibald grabs the rebound after that second missed free throw, hands it off. Eventually, Xavier Christian misses a three-pointer, a huge three-pointer. But we get the offensive rebound. That shot was with 16 seconds left. Jacoby Pemberton puts up another three-pointer with eight seconds left. Also not good. Thomas Bell gets the rebound. And after a couple of free throws, that's pretty much it. And that is our final score, 54 to 48. This game was closer than it should have been, really, if you're North Texas. Yeah. And it's it's nice to be where it is for the Bulldogs, but still, it's I think it, it sucks I, to I mean, see. It just yeah, it, it sucks. It, it shows every how, year. <laughs> yeah, it shows how strong of a team that we that we are because we were able to be, you know, a couple a couple of shots away from winning this game too. Even though, I mean, we flat out sucked in this game, right? But our defense was good enough to uh, to keep us in it. And, you know, it, it really sucks because it's like, man, what could have been if Kobe Williams played, right? If Kobe Williams didn't, not not if he played, because he did play in this game, but if, if he played the 35 minutes that he normally plays with a fully intact finger. And it's Pretty just, sure his finger was on his body. Well, it wasn't fully intact, though. It was broken in half. So... It, it just sucks, man, because it's like it it's making excuses at this point. Right. But it's like our point guard broke his finger, man. Like, what the fuck? It's it's bad luck. It's kind of something we're accustomed to as tech fans. It was also kind of interesting to see Western Kentucky when they lost the championship on Saturday night. Have a lot of similar things to say that we've said over the past few years about how they've had one of the better teams in CUSA, but they've yet to win that conference tournament championship and go they to the big dance and everything. Three, st- three straight championship games. So yeah, it's, uh, it's really, are, it are we sell. really as unlucky? Yeah. And uh, that game, no. that game seemed pretty crazy. I didn't watch it, but it, it was, was crazy. Overtime. Low scoring looked like an ugly game. And North Texas started on a 17 to zero run, oh. uh, which is, and I think they were down like seven points with, two minutes left or something and came back that game and flip flopped like a politician. It was insane. The amount of times that felt like, Oh, this team is definitely going to win. Oh, this team is definitely going to win. Nope. Nope. That was right. The first time that team is going to win. It, yeah. it wasn't like a close back and forth. This is a close game throughout. It was a one team showed up. The other one went to go get lunch, came back while the other one was at lunch. <laughs> and it, I don't even know how to describe it, but that's not what we're talking about. Tech wasn't involved sadly. So let's talk about something that Tech is involved at. We have another tournament now after the Conference USA tournament. Something we've been in before, the NIT. You know, the... The not-in tournament. Pretty much, yeah. But Tech gets to play a name brand, I guess. Tech is the fourth seed playing a number one seed in Ole Miss on Friday night, 8 o'clock p.m. on ESPN2. Don't even need that ESPN Plus for this. I do. Uh, Ken Palm gives Tech an 80... uh, 
38% chance to win this game, predicts a four-point loss, 68 to 64. Uh, what can you tell me about this Ole Miss team? Because I know really nothing about the Rebels when it comes to basketball, at least. Yeah, so they're the 48th ranked team in Ken Palm. Tech ends the season at 82nd for reference. It looks to me like they're a pretty defensive team. You know, when you look at their their Ken Palm efficiency rankings, there's a lot of green across the board when it comes to their defense. They're they're forcing uh, turnovers on 22.7% of their opponent's possessions, which is 18th best in the nation. They've got the 21st overall defensive efficiency, but there is a weakness and it's three pointers. They struggle to shoot them. They're 315th in the nation shooting 29.9% themselves. But then they also, the one defensive area where they're below like 50th in the nation is their opponent three-point percentage is 35.7%, which is 269th. That may be a way Tech can uh, can stay in this game. And I, I wonder if Kobe will try to play. They originally said he was just done. And then, of course, he tried to play because we needed him to provide some rest minutes for the rest of the team. But I almost kind of wish that he just doesn't in terms of re-injuring that hand like he can travel with the team he could be on the sideline but i don't i want that hand ready to go for next year and the nit normally is played at the the college house but this year it's all being done at actually in frisco at the place we just played the uh the conference tournament so tech went home to ruston and now they're going to go back to to frisco this week but I, i picked out a player to watch his name is luis rodriguez he is their um their forward playing the three position and he kind of leads their defensive efforts he ranks in the top 500 for both offensive and defensive rebounds but he really shines averaging 3.8 steals per game which puts him at 43rd in the nation so Tech needs to know where he is, not get lazy with passes. We saw that a little bit, especially trying to pass into to Lofton inside. You're going to have to get it around that guy. So just watch out for him. Yeah, hopefully the Bulldogs are able to kind of redeem themselves. I guess that's not really fair. It wasn't really fair the way that the tournament went, I guess. But the Bulldogs on the baseball diamond also kind of had some some bad blood against the University of Louisiana system when they traveled to Monroe to take on ULM. And this was a game that was kind of in doubt early, if you can believe it, against the Warhawks. But Tech pulls away late to win 10-3. to I say it's in doubt because even though Tech scores first, thanks to a Manny Garcia solo home run in the first inning, in the second inning, ULM scores runs in both that second inning, the third, and the sixth. One run each. The Warhawks are up 3-1, to and it kind of stays that way up until the seventh inning. And with the Bulldogs at bat in the seventh inning, Ben Brantley hits a single before Corona strikes out, but then Ray singles through the left side. Now we have two men on. Young walks on four straight balls. Bases are loaded for Hunter Wells. Hunter Wells hits a single through the left side, scoring just the one run, so bases are still loaded. A wild pitch moves them over and scores Ray. Then we have an intentional walk to reload the bases. Yeah, they didn't want any part of Bates. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't blame them for that, but then after the pitching change, a four-pitch walk to Netterville, <laughs> to make it four to three to give Tech the lead. That's a that's a fun way to re-grab the lead is a bases loaded four-pitch walk with your new pitcher. But then Philip Matulia does what he's done a lot this season, and that's hit triples. A bases clearing one where he gets three RBIs where Netterville, Bates, and Wells all score. That ball too, that ball was about a foot from the bottom of the or from the top of the fence. I mean, just just nailed the top of the fence 
and it was like, oh man, it was so close to a grand slam, so close. Yeah, it doesn't end up mattering here for yeah. in terms of wins and losses, but it's so much fun to see a grand slam when you're the team hitting it. We have one more hit in the inning. George Corona hits a single after he struck out earlier in the same inning, but. <laughs> Tech holds a 8-3 th- to three lead there, and that's what they hold towards the end of the game where they eventually had two more in the ninth to go up 10-3. to three. An interesting game where we win by seven runs, but Parker Bates ends the game with zero hits. Yeah, weird. Um, also, no home runs, right, in the game? Yeah, that was kind of a theme for this weekend for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Not, not so much the, the long ball, but just kind of playing the small ball. Uh, Manny Garcia did hit the home run. Oh, okay. To start the game. But after that, the big scoring in this game that came later in that seventh and ninth innings, neither of those were the result of home runs. And, I mean, like you said, that that kind of set up this crazy series this weekend against Arkansas, number one team in the nation, comes to Ruston. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got chills just like talking, just saying that out loud. Number one team comes to Ruston for an out-of-conference three-game series, probably... I mean, it's definitely the biggest weekend for tech baseball, at least in the regular season, right? We, we've been to a regional relatively recently, but like in terms of eyes on our program, you know, all of the national baseball media paying attention to us, watching our games, several people, uh, several several of these national writers for D1 baseball and stuff like that were at the park. I mean, just just great for our program. Did they buy season tickets to get in the stadium? Because I was promised only season ticket holders were getting in. They were probably but... in the press box. They were probably in the press box. Hello, yeah, Matt. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I had some technical difficulties here. That's fine. Uh, speaking of technical difficulties, how did this game go on Friday, Nathan? Yeah, it technically didn't end well, but we, uh, it, it was a fun we, game to watch. Are we talking it's, about baseball? Yeah, it's the first yeah. Arkansas game. All right, we're actually talking about something I give a shit about. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Matt's on board, but unfortunately the Bulldogs kind of weren't. This game was close, though. And it a game was that a close com- game. And you guys have talked a lot. A lot of it was uninteresting, so let me make things more interesting. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm Set the stage here. Giving you guys- well, I just want to say that uh, scenically and the uh, atmos- atmospherically is not even a word, but the atmosphere in Ruston for the whole entire series, especially on Friday, was great. Uh, it was really, really cool to be able to see it's one thing to have the number one team come into town, and that in itself is really exciting. But to have as many people that were at the game as there were, to have all those, I guess I can call them kids because I'm almost 30 years old, standing out on the ledge of the on-campus apartments watching the game was really, really exciting to see. The team hasn't always been super exciting to watch, but when you have a bunch of people that are taking an interest in it, the fact that we just opened up our new stadium, it was actually a really, really cool scene whenever I got to watch the game on Friday, Saturday, and today. Yeah, I remember starting in 2012 at Tech, and I couldn't find anyone to go to a baseball game with me. Exactly. Early on, it was you had to, to pay people to come to these games, and, and so now to see they've... that many people want to watch Bulldog baseball yeah. Is, yeah. is beautiful. And you gotta, I'm not saying we're uh, trending towards becoming a baseball school, but I wouldn't fucking mind if we became a baseball school. I mean, we're obviously competing well we'll get to that in a second when we actually talk about the game but i don't know i don't know how you guys feel about it but uh, something had for something to trend in a direction where it becomes a big deal it starts with the at, it starts with the atmosphere it starts with attendance and to have so many people going to the games to have a buzz around your game and to have students give a crap about baseball is a great start yeah and, and- we talked about when 
I keep interrupting you, Evan, I guess, but we talked about when the, the stadium was built, where it's currently built, about that atmosphere in that place. When we played at ULM earlier in the week, their outfield just looks to the woods. That's how most something. baseball parks out there on the edge of campus. The the ability to kind of include it into the campus, include it into the whole deal, the whole package where it's not the, the football stadium is kind of like out there, which which sucks. But the baseball stadium is it's across the street. Yeah, it's on the heart of campus. And there's something to be said about I love ballparks. I love the history of ballparks. I there's something about almost every ballpark that's great, except any other team in the AL Central. But and there's something really cool about parks that are on the edge of campus by the woods. I've never seen ULM's uh, ballpark, but I'm sure it's really cool. The thing I like the most about the Love Shack, other than the fact that it's called the Love Shack and it's brand new, is it's kind of like the downtown baseball stadium in the majors. It's yeah, it's like the St. Louis Cardinals ballpark, Bush Stadium. I've seen that ballpark. And when you sit behind home plate, you see the skyline. You see the arch to the right. You see the, the high yeah. rises behind you. So this ballpark is the equivalent of a downtown ballpark in the majors. It's absolutely stunning where it is. I love where our ballpark is. Yeah, and the the apartments back there, I think, it really drives it's, that home, right? It, exactly. And, it yeah, and in like, a game like this where you've got you've got people just like lining up, like like almost almost like on top of each other, which sucks coronavirus wise. But yeah, it's it's a beautiful beautiful setting and. I mean, I haven't been to a lot of college ballparks, but I'd be surprised if there's a nicer one right now, you know, in terms of the setting and the the potential that the atmosphere can have, especially like once we're allowing the full 2,500 or whatever the new stadium seats. I mean, it's going to be crazy. I mean, for if, games. It keeps, if it keeps going like this, eventually it'll be 10,000 by 2031. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would love to have a count on how many people were actually there because the attendance just says a thousand because that's how many tickets they sold. But like there had to be another thousand it's, easily just just in left field. Right. We used to always complain about tickets sold doesn't really mean attendance when we're talking about football games and things where people aren't showing up. It's weird to have that be the opposite. Where now. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there were more people there than what the the announced attendance was, but we should probably go ahead and jump into these games because they were fun to watch. Even the even the Saturday uh, game, which didn't really go that well for the Bulldogs, they were still some fun to watch games. Entertaining both teams, you can tell are yeah. talented. If anything, I, I even though technically it takes one of these three games, I feel so much better leaving this weekend than I did entering it because we've shown that we can hang around with at least these top oh. five teams. Yeah, That's for sure. The, and I, I mean, it, it feels great because we won one of them, right? I, I mean, but I'm also like, God, we, we're so close to winning the series, taking the series. Against... You got to take a little bit of progress, though. I, mean, I know. No, not... I'll take one win. Believe me, <laughs> I will take one win. <laughs> but I mean, think about the circumstances, too. It would have been one thing to, you know, to get swept by the number one team in the country that was undefeated at the time. I in close and pretty close games is not it's nothing to be ashamed of no shame our, in that for sure yeah, if we've gotten our asses kicked then that would have sucked to have competed and i didn't see the saturday game i don't think that we lost any of these games by more than a couple of runs i don't know but the, the uh, saturday game the score was pretty rough but it wasn't sure. it was eight to one was the final score but um, sure so that wasn't great but we competed in friday's night friday night's game oh, and god did we came up oh. came up came up a little bit short but to even be able to compete with the type of players they have on their roster Man. is is excellent. And to have won today behind Worf's gym of a game, it was absolutely mm. incredible to watch. Yeah, uh, We'll get to that in a second. 
it's exciting for the program. And what I really wanted to have happen today was, I mean, I always want the team to win, but they need to win consistently. And winning big games like this is a surefire way to ensure that the plastic, and I don't mean to insult all of you LaTeX fans out there, but the plastic fans that are like, well, I'm not going unless they're going to win. Uh, so to got to go because they, they can beat anybody. Right. It's, uh, it's, mean, it feels that way. They just beat the number yeah. one team in the country today on Sunday. So, yeah, there's uh, there's no way you could say now, well, I'm not going to go to the Southern Miss series. They're not going to beat Southern. Like, no, they beat freaking Arkansas. Right. Like just, they can they yeah. can do it. They just beat I mean, the we'll get to this in a second. Country. This game, this, this podcast comes out on Tuesday tonight. Tech is playing Ole Miss tomorrow <laughs> right. night. Tech is playing Ole Miss. There is no yeah. reason Tech can't win these games. They may not. Exactly. We're, we don't know. We'll make our predictions in a little bit. But right. Tech just baseball, hung though. around with the number one team in the country and won one of those games. But, there's no again, reason why. I don't know. Which I, numbers... Last time I said there's no reason why, it kind of bit me in the butt. Oh, oh God, but, Nathan, please no. <laughs> I know that. Uh, well, I mean, ULM beat Ole Miss today. They did, yeah. So, But in baseball, it doesn't really matter. You could be the shittiest team in the country. It could still be close because, well, as the old adage goes, that's just baseball. So, so let's go back in time and let's talk about Probably the most exciting game to be in Ruston a long time, Friday night's game. The, the series opener. Yeah, the series opener and a very low-scoring game early that ends up combining for 16 runs, but <laughs> neither team had a hit until the fourth inning. Crazy. If you told me after the fourth inning this game ends 9-7, to seven, I would not have believed you. Yeah, did not feel like it was going that way. But yeah, until in, in the fourth inning, though, Arkansas puts together three hits, and that results in three runs to take a 3 nothing read. But thanks in part to a two-RBI triple by Parker Bates in the fifth inning, Tech takes a 4-3 to three lead, which, Ooh, that was wait exciting. a second, <laughs> Tech, Tech has a shot on Friday night. Wait a second. Tech's not going anywhere. By the end of the seventh, the dogs are up by three, seven to four. Yeah, yeah, this is and, around the around the point I started um, getting rather stiffened. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tech, Tech adds one more run in the sixth. Oh no, Brantley Brantley got thrown out at home. God damn it! There's another run. Oh no, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one where uh, the ball bounces off the backstop a little too hard, and Ben Brantley isn't able to make it all the way home before yeah, the catcher is able to throw it to the pitcher. Yeah, disappointment is a measure. Not why he's on the team though, so you can't really blame him for that. This afternoon, he was he was uh, running. He was a base runner, first base, and the Cox TV announcers, who I'm pretty sure were Arkansas guys, were like, uh, "We're like, yeah, he's not a threat to steal." I was like, "You're absolutely right. He's not going to steal." Love uh, you, Ben. Yeah, let's, well, but let's talk this eighth he, inning though, uh, because here's oh, where, where downhill. Thank you. Things were go downhill. Yeah, we're, <laughs> there's tech, a time cap up, on this. Tech is up seven to four going in here. Casey Olette was out there on the mound. He walks the first two batters. Uh, he gets pulled for Martinez, but then... I mean, Martinez gets a couple outs. Yeah, yeah he, he, gets, he, he forces a fly out and gets a three-pitch three strikeout. That, two outs, eighth inning. You're feeling pretty good about this right now, even though you have those two guys on board. You yeah. just got two straight outs. Here comes the pain. Here comes the pain, exactly, because on four <laughs> pitches, Battles gets a walk. Remember that name in a little bit. So now you, you walk the bases loaded. Still two outs, still two outs. Okay, come on. 2-2 two, two pitch, hit by pitch. Okay. Two-strike pitch hits the batter. That should never happen. Nope. Yeah, just... I, I understand playing fast and loose or whatever without early in the count or with with 3 nothing. I think, at one point in one of these games. 
uh, there's a hit by pitch on three nothing, and you're at that point you're like, well, yeah. Either way, you're thinking, ending up at first base. I don't care. Probably thinking, but, probably thinking we're gonna win anyway. I'm just gonna bean this asshole. <laughs> well, yeah. After that hit by pitch, there's a single to right field that scores two runs, moves a runner to second. So now first and second. Another hit by pitch. This time Martinez gets pulled for Cade Gibson. Another Arkansas player hit by pitch to load the bases again, but this time, thanks to a ground ball, tickets that third out and leaves three batters on base and a tied ball game. This isn't, oh, it felt like the entire season was falling apart in this inning, but technically gives up those three runs. I mean, that ties the game, but things could have been much worse when you have the bases loaded there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, another another base hit, and you're talking 9-7 at minimum, potentially 10-7. So it felt good to get out of that inning for sure, because that inning was... I don't, we don't have like a timer here, but it felt like it lasted about 45 minutes. It was just crazy. This game was very long too, but Tech comes up to bat in the bottom of the eighth. Arkansas brings in their closer uh, cops and Alex Ray starts grounding out to second base, but then Taylor Young gets a double into right field and then Wells grounds it up to the pitcher, but Young gets to third base. So there's two outs, but we've got, we've got Taylor Young on third base. Then they intentionally walk Parker Bates because, again, they don't they want anything to do with Parker Bates. Good call. Uh, in that situation. And Netterville comes in and works a pretty good at bat, but ultimately ends up grounding out to the shortstop Battles, who is, my God, that dude is good. And we'll Let's, talk about him in a minute. But Probably a future major league player. Oh, he, he should be in the major leagues right now, but the major leagues only had a five- or maybe, you know, he should be in a major league system, I'll say. But they only had a five-round draft last year, so he didn't get he didn't yep. get drafted. So we can blame this one on COVID, too. Yeah, the ninth <laughs> inning, neither team really puts together that much. The bottom of the eighth, though, Tech is able to to get a couple uh-huh. runners on. And that really, it really felt like if this game goes to extras, Tech is losing it. It just <laughs> felt like all the momentum was on the Razorback side. Yeah, and, and I would say, too, that uh, Garcia got on base with one out in that ninth, the bottom of the ninth. And then Brantley was called out because he leaned into a pitch, I guess. I, I didn't know did, that. Was did you thing. see this? Because he absolutely did. He absolutely did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, he did. <laughs> I just didn't know that was the rule. So I was kind of mad. He, he didn't need to. He probably no. still would have gotten hit. Yeah. But he absolutely leaned into it. Put on his smooth criminal shoes and leaned into it a little bit. <laughs> It wasn't smooth enough, though, because he was called out by leaning Brutal. into that pitch. But he was George criminal. Corona goes down swinging to end that ninth inning. Yeah. Going into extras, it kind of felt like, man, I, I really wanted to <laughs> wanted that hit in the, uh, you know, to end the eighth inning that would have put us over the top. But, uh, man, it just it felt like it was a matter of time for Arkansas to score some more runs. And they come out in the 10th and immediately get a double. On, uh, they send in a pinch hitter who uh, doubles down the uh, left field line and then battles. What's his first name? Jalen. Jalen battles. Yeah. The the guy who almost certainly should be or should not be in college right now. Just, I mean, he hit the apartment building with the ball. Like it, it was a no doubt off the bat home run. Just like, I mean, just hit the ball harder than, Anybody, you know, it, it's like the hardest hit you could possibly have, basically. The, I wouldn't be surprised if the ball, like, broke apart in the air, you know? But, yeah, that 
that pretty much ends it. I mean, the Bulldogs come up to bat in the bottom of the 10th, but nothing. if they didn't do anything in the 8th or 10th, or 8th or 9th, they weren't really going to do anything here in the 10th. I'm yeah. waiting, for the, waiting for the day where someone hits a home run that clears the apartments. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, hit someone in the head on the pedestrian bridge going to Park Place Apartments. Yeah, this this game was a... In the Lady of the Mist. <laughs> well. <laughs> That's in fair territory. I just checked Google Maps. Yeah, I mean, this game was, was super close. It was in our grasp, and it was so close yet so far. As always, but that's baseball. Tech though. loses one nine to seven, and maybe that's why they feel a little. It's not that, not quite. Things aren't quite working on Saturday. But it builds it builds confidence. They probably after the game are like, you know, what? we can, we can compete and beat these guys. Uh, we because a lot of people, I I'll, I'll level with you guys. I kind of thought that uh, there was no way in hell Tech would if even a chance of winning any of these games this weekend. So when I saw that they competed so well on Friday, I thought, wow, maybe they'll have a shot to win one of these three. Unfortunately, Saturday was not one of them. Yeah, Wayne Burroughs said it best when he pretty much said that we were down five to one for a lot of this game and it felt like we were down 15 runs. It just felt like we weren't in it. The guys didn't have the same energy that they had on Friday night. And yeah, it just it just sucked. Like you said, Nathan started to say there before I cut you off. Arkansas jumped on top early four to zero. Um, Tech adds their lone run in the fourth. And, you know, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, that's that's all Tech's able to do. Arkansas adds a few more in the eighth, yeah. thanks to four walks. Yes, uh, bad, bad eighth yet again. It kind of, this weekend, or at least, yeah, this whole weekend kind of exemplified that our bullpen is maybe the problem on this team. Um, like, we didn't know that already. Yeah, but, sad. And Jennings didn't have his best night on the <laughs> in the starting position. He was he was not his his best self on Saturday. But on Sunday, we had quite possibly one of the best starting pitching performances in Louisiana Tech history. We can honestly say the greatest game in Love Shack history. At least new Love Shack. That, that's the, that was the joke. Yes. Oh, was there a new stadium built? Allegedly. <laughs> okay. for, just for this game. <laughs> yeah, Jarrett Worf, I went into the season high on this guy. If we weren't already so over time, I'd pull up clips of me talking about how much I can't wait to see this guy pitch again. Because outside of that one series at the end of the season, or the end he of the shortened lights, season yeah, against Wichita State. Ab- absolutely lights out today. Sub-2 yeah. ERA, just, just the best pitch in college baseball, sub-2 ERA. That's incredible. That's and very good. Yeah, that's like three games or something like that to balance out, but that's still three games. Uh, Wichita State, he kind of struggled against, though. But he's been shown to have these long game complete games where if he's in the zone he's in the zone and boy howdy was he in the zone sunday today was ridiculous one hit in the first one hit in the second the next seven innings that was it zero hits that's incredible yeah incredible he did that he he got against the number one team in the country yeah yeah 27 outs on 106 pitches just crazy crazy performance from him for sure it's awesome Two hits, only one walk. I mean, God, are you kidding me? It's insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what's really insane is take the two hits away. He pitches a no hitter against the number one team in the country and wins. Yeah. And those two that hits, I is... mean, seven hitless innings, right? The the third through ninth. Had it been a no hitter or even my God, a perfect game, I don't think Nathan would have been able to make it on the podcast tonight. 
I don't think I would have been able to make it to the podcast. That would be incredible. But let's just let's just bring ourselves back to reality here. It was a two hitter, but it was still a complete game and a victory. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and but here's the thing, though: you can no hit the shit out of another team, but if your bats don't show up and exactly. you go into extras, nothing happens. And Tex bats also struggled. The wind was heading into the ballpark from center field the entire game. They had several shots of that the the grand old flag out there and sent in center field blowing straight in like it's a just a line you can't even tell it's three-dimensional and might have saved tech in the ninth inning too because i felt like one of those oh uh, yeah one of those fly balls out to center probably could have gone over the wall had it not been for the the wind whipping up but i want to go to a play i don't know who this player's name is like to know number seven i believe in left field with that incredible catch in the seventh darius uh, myers not in the, the seventh, ninth. in the in the ninth. Pardon me, I was thinking of his number. Yes, yes, yeah. Darius Myers, who was in because Matulia, I guess they. Uh, another thing from Saturday is Matulia and Bates collided at one point in the outfield, going for a catch, and Matulia, I guess, started this game and his first at bat, he didn't like something about about his swing because he was he was hurting a little bit from that collision so he took himself out and so Adarius Myers was playing out there in left field so he's well, not even the left fielder and he made that crazy catch that, that was awesome Myers is the guy when you need the base runner when you want to put in your fastest player on your team you put the tying run or whatever you pinch run them out Myers is who you put out there yeah. if Myers isn't in left field if the fastest player isn't the fastest player on your team isn't out there in left field that ball isn't caught. Yeah, exactly. Because the ball was dangerous, dangerously close to not being caught. But uh, that's an elite level play that was made. Because if you don't make that play, then that's probably going to be a double or a triple because yeah. it'll roll. It'll roll to the wall. Especially but, since he went for it. Yeah, if he, that had gotten behind him, if he had let it bounce, it's a double, right? But if if he went for that catch and doesn't make it and it gets behind him, I mean, Bates had a long way to run to back him up. So sure. That was an elite level play. I was uh, very, very, I was playing MLB the show 18 <laughs> while I was watching that on my phone and uh, audibly cheered. It was an incredible play. Yeah, And Myers is the person in the bottom of the fifth that <laughs> gets the Bulldogs going and ends up scoring what ends up being the winning run. He opens up the inning this is where he pinch hits for Matulia. I believe Matulia was even fielding before this. So this is where he enters the game, hits a single. Then Manny Garcia hits a single. Myers is able to advance to third. Ben Brantley hits a single that scores uh, Darius Myers. Hasler grounds out that still scores. No, sorry, that still moves up the base runners. Alex Ray gets hit by pitch. Then a fielder's choice scores that second run before a line out. Maybe if Matulia heads out there, especially with his swing not being quite what it is, that inning may not happen, and it may still be a 0-0 game going into the 10th inning. Who knows what would happen? Because Worf, in that in that ninth inning, I I said in the chat afterwards, and I almost said beforehand, I would have pulled Worf after the uh, hit-by-pitch and walk. Li- likewise, yeah. Be, yeah. That, that's, the, that's the right decision to make, but he sometimes stuck it you, out. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let let him do his thing though and and i mean so leading up to this inning he had retired what 12 straight batters or something like that i mean he was I doing mean, very well yeah it's just he hit, he hit a batter with a pitch in the fifth inning and then struck struck out the next guy but then every the sixth seventh and eighth were all three up three down 
So, I mean, he was he was on fire, and he even admitted after the game that, you know, going out there in the ninth, his nerves, he did let his nerves get to him a little bit. After that catch we talked about with Myers, there's one out. He throws three balls to Franklin, the center fielder from Arkansas, and then hits him. Um, so that yeah. was what you said earlier, Nathan. So he, he but, had he had two walks in this game, really. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a ball that would have walked him and it not hit him. And then the next the next one, you know, he he works the batter works a pretty good count and ends up um, taking a a ball and a full count. So uh, that's two in a row, right? We get the first out and you're like, oh shit, man, like maybe he's losing it. Maybe we need to go to that questionable bullpen and see if we can't stick this one out. Um, and I was just begging for a double play at this point. I was just like, please get us out of here. We had guys warming up too. It wasn't that it was yeah, yeah. his to win or lose right there. But then after Arkansas gets their second guy on base with a, with a winning run at the plate, or at least the leading run, Wallace, the Arkansas player, flies out to center field, advances the run into third, but it doesn't really matter either way, though. I talked a second ago about how Arkansas should make Tech win by just throwing strikes, and that's exactly what happens. After a ball, two fouls on a 1-2 count, Jarrett Worf comes to the plate, no swing, called strike, Bulldogs win. Yeah, there were a lot of salty Arkansas fans on Twitter about that, too. Yeah, and I mean, I get it because it kind of did look like it was off the plate. It, but It was off the plate. All weekend, the umpire's range was wide, right? It, it was it was a ball, a, a full baseball on either side of the plate, on either corner that he was calling strikes the whole time. It, he was consistent, both teams. So, I mean, if it wasn't called a strike, I'm not saying I would have been really mad about it, depending <laughs> on what happened on the next pitch maybe, right? But <laughs> even just playing Little League, you're, you're told with two strikes, the zone gets bigger. Gotta protect the plate. Yeah, that's, that's a pitch you foul off. Even though if it's not a strike, it's close enough that you foul it off. You try to foul it off. Well, I I mean, it was a it shouldn't have been a strike, but it is what it is. Baseball, human error is part of the game. Go ask the 85 Cardinals. You know, I was texting with my uncle, who's a, a Razorback alum and a huge baseball fan, and he was like, well, we had you sweating in the ninth, right? And I said, yeah, after what you did to us on Friday, definitely. And <laughs> he said that that of their, like, 12 wins so far, Five of them have been come from behind by by multiple runs in the eighth inning or later. So I was definitely still scared there in that ninth inning, and uh, Worf was able to to pull it out, even though he made it a little bit more interesting for us. He did it solely to make it more interesting for himself. <laughs> he was bored. Yeah, he was bored. He had nothing better he got to do. Tired of just striking out batters. He was just trying to make it a little bit more interesting. The people who paid to come see the game. So all the fans were really really friendly talking about how great a team we are. They wouldn't be surprised if we have a lot more W's than, than L's this season. If we meet up again, that wouldn't be surprised by that. I just want to win Conference USA. Winning Conference USA in baseball would make me cry a single tear. Yeah, I, and, I don't even really care as much about that because the conference will be a multi-bid league probably again this year. I want to make it to Omaha. That's my big... Well, if we make Ooh. it to Omaha... If we make... <laughs> Let's go! If we pull a 2007 or 2008 Fresno State and make it all the way to the final of the College World Series and win as like a 13th seed or whatever, uh, then... Coastal Carolina did it. Why can't we? 
Let's yeah, go. That's true. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to imagine Evan flies up here, Nathan flies out. We meet up in KC, we drive up, and we're just there to have a nice time. And then as the days turn into a, a week or two, we're like, wow, we made it all the way to the final. And then by the time the final gets here, no one is bathed for some reason. And <laughs> we're just like we're just like sleeping in the car because we didn't <laughs> expect to be there for so long. We can't afford a hotel we for that We didn't get a hotel. <laughs> Evan's been fired two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, for not yes. showing up to work. Yeah, I, don't, I can't take vacation time until like six months in, so I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm working from home." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we, if we won the College World Series and we were in a home to witness it, I'd have to fall off for a week. Yeah, I'd have to yeah. take a week off of work. Yeah. <laughs> if if Tech is able to make it that far, they may need some help by yes. beating these next two teams on the schedule. Ole Miss and Tulane would go a long ways to setting Put up our name in the hat. Yeah, exactly. Especially if we don't win the conference. Ole Miss is up first. Tech is up to number 22 in RPI this week after that one win against Arkansas. It's a pretty solid jump right there. But Ole Miss has fallen out of the top five all the way to number 51 after two losses to Central Florida and one on Sunday this past weekend against ULM. Uh, To go through that roster for Ole Miss a little bit, their best hitter so far this year with an OPS of 1.282 is Tim Elko. His on base percentage right now is 48%. He's getting on base quite a bit. And he's also homered a lot. And those he's hit the ball 27% of the time. He's hit home runs 35% of that. So he's he's a he's big home good. run hitter. He's a good hitter. Uh, they also have uh, Kevin Graham as another one of their major hitters. Not quite the home run threat, but he's also put the ball over the fence a few times. And it kind of goes downhill a little bit from there. Uh, Pitching-wise, we'll have to see who we face from Ole Miss. But Drew McDaniel has been their best starting pitcher so far this year, ERA of 1.80 over 15 innings. But outside of that guy, Gunnar Hunkland and Doug Nikhazy, both Gunner have ERAs Hunkland? of over three. What was that? Did you say Gunnar Hunkland? Gunnar, G-U-N-N-A-R-H-O-G-L-U-N-D. Gunnar Hugland. Hugland. I thought you said Hunkland, like H-U-N-K. Okay. You only I mean, hear what you want to hear, bro. Interesting, but... Um, yeah. I mean, he's their second best starting pitcher, so he may be distracting them with his looks, but he's not quite as effective as what? Drew McDaniel. I don't know. I'm going with something here. It, it's uh, fine. Yeah, relievers-wise, they have four guys that have yet to give up a run. Austin Miller, Brandon Johnson, Cody Adcock, which is kind of funny, and Greer Holston. Next is Tulane. This is on the road at Tulane in New Orleans. I've been to that ballpark several times. It is one of my favorite college ballparks. The Love Shack is better, but this one is still great. Tulane's only eight and seven, though, but they have an RPA RPI of fifty-eight. After losing two of three to ULL pretty early on, they've lost a few more, but they've played some really strong teams. Uh, this past weekend, they played Troy, where they took two of three, including one game that Warren Nolan says lasted zero innings, but they won nine to four. Don't really understand what's happening there. Uh, looking at their rosters a little bit. In terms of batting, Colin Burns is their best player, and Frankie Neiman also has that above one OPS. They don't seem to have the home run threats that Ole Miss does, but they've also played some really tough teams so far this year that Ole Miss maybe hasn't. Uh, Looking at their pitchers, though, not quite the same level of pitching, no pitchers under two ERA, and their relievers, they only have one with an ERA of under zero, and that guy's only pitched an inning and two-thirds. So well, then, does that really count? <laughs> yeah, that exactly. They, they've Tulane's got some talent, but Ole Miss, unsurprisingly, seems to have more going into these 
five games, two against Ole Miss, three against Tulane. Beating up on Ole Miss would feel pretty good. I mean, like you said, these next couple of series are going to be real good for us if we can win some games and put our name in the hat for getting up to Omaha. So, But yeah, let's go ahead and do our predictions, though, of these five games, two against Ole Miss, three against Tulane. I think we take three of these games, one against Ole Miss and two against Tulane for a three-win, two-loss weekend or week, I, I guess. You can put me right there with you. Damn. I would say the odds are that Tech will win more than that. I don't think that they'll win less, but three and two is a safe and probably accurate uh, guesstimation there. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think Ole Miss is going to be a, a real test for our bullpen because we don't really have those starters for the midweek games worked out yet. Um, so there's going to be a lot of different guys getting pitched, and as we've seen, our bullpen is not the strength of the team for sure. So. Um, it'll be interesting. It's poop. Of course, we're at home again, so that's that's always good. I mean, I don't want to say the same thing you guys said because that's boring, right? So, well, if it's the truth, it's the truth. Yeah. Bro. Well, I'm gonna say I'll say we go four and one, and the one loss will be the Saturday game at Tulane. So I'm gonna say Ooh. we beat Ole Miss twice, which feels like a lie. I feel I don't feel like I'm backing this up, but. I don't know. Hell, I'm going for it. Four and one, we'll lose Saturday. That's my my prediction. All right. And with that known, let's jump to our final segment, the tweet of the week. At the Talrack WKU, our friends at the Talrack, you know, Western Kentucky's good blogs that covers their sports. Uh, they have a tweet on March 11th after North Texas played Old Dominion saying, called UNT Meghan Markle because they're taking down the Monarchs tonight. Brutal. <laughs> da yeah, which is right. really what the gif is showing in the tweet. Relevant, timely, good tweet. Unfortunately, North Texas would go on to take us down and then Western Kentucky down. So uh, maybe this is just our way of laughing you know, at our pain, commiserating with them. Yeah. Either way, it's a good tweet. But that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Blues and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E. Or head to our blog where we some have, sometimes have posts and other times have contests. This week it's a contest. gtpdd.talk slash contest where you can compete for a custom GTPDD baseball. That should be a lot of fun to both make and send out to whoever the winner is. Which right now I think the leader is Steven Spencer. Yeah. So, Evan, you're losing to your brother. Yeah, he's been talking shit too. <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps going in our in our sibling facebook chat and like fucking fucking like putting eyeballs emojis with the screenshot every week and i'm like come on man do better then beat your brother that's what it's, it's about it's a little embarrassing man. yeah <laughs> you can't let him win but either way again that's gtpdd.dog slash contest and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan i'm matt and go tech Please don't die. Going to Omaha, bitch. Hey, real quick, before we move on, you guys care to venture a guess for how far a home run would have to travel from home plate at JC Love Field to end up in the Lady of the Mist? I want to go ahead and say uh, a half mile. That's Nathan. a little much. Uh, 0.49 miles. So you, you just undercut him by 0. 0.01. Uh, it, I have it in feet. It's 1,790 feet. So that's, that's what, about a third of a mile? 1,700 feet? Yes. If and it would have to go hitting... right over GTM and right next to Wiley Tower. <laughs>
if anybody is hitting 1700 foot home runs uh, and they are playing at La Tech, we should just start building the statue now next to the Lady in the Mist. The longest home run in history was by Joey Meyer of the Denver Zephyrs, the team that will eventually move to New Orleans. This was in Denver, so mile high or whatever. It was 582 feet. Oh, my God. That's, uh, uh, wow. All right. (laughs) So this is going off track long enough. Because we Uh, don't want to talk about Saturday because Saturday was awful. Well, there's nothing to talk about for Saturday. We lost. 